Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. Today, we are getting in the sun porch. We're recording in person for the first time in how long, Jeff? Like six months. Maybe. A long time. Today, we are unfortunately sans Luke. Luke had other engagements that he had to attend to today, but you've got me and Jeffrey. And uh, today, we're going to do a five faves countdown. Wake up! Wake up! Get up! Wake up! On System <laughs> of a Down. The schizo rock band. <laughs> Metal for maniacs. Metal for maniacs. Uh, the Albanian, no, Armenian. Armenian, I'm sorry. Armenian American rock sensation. I was thinking about it earlier, and like, of all the, ba- in my opinion, mm-hmm. my opinion, of all the bands that were kind of out of that scene, I have to say, I think my top two, Tool, System of a Down. Seem like that alt metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like the the Woodstock '99 scene. <laughs> Family values. <laughs> Family tour. values tour. Uh, yeah, I mean, those bands are very different from each other. Yeah. Maybe a third. I would put third out of the three would be Rage Against the Machine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, out of those, like you can call it new metal. That kind of. Yeah. I guess rap, hip hop influenced type of metal that emerged in the '90s. Although Tool is not rappy, but. You know. Yeah, they were, I think I kind of feel like they were all on the same tours, circuits. You yeah. know what I mean? Like similar fan bases yeah. and shit. I would, I mean, not musically my cup of tea, but Corn, I think, is maybe the closest out of the bands that were big yeah. at that time yeah. to System of a Down. That very, like, ragey, crazed, and like dark. emotional, dark, political, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah, exciting band, though. I think my favorite band of my, like, adolescence and like yeah i'd say so i think i think of all of, of those bands probably the one that i have the most sort of like uh emotional mm-hmm. memories bonds with yeah musically yeah yeah i, I mean, like them. for me they're like they're a band i do listen to a lot i guess but i go through like spurts so sometimes i'll listen to them for a couple months yeah but then i'll listen to their albums for a straight week just on repeat yeah um, <laughs> I feel like an absolute insane person <laughs> at the end of the week, but um, yeah, that yeah, was me this week. They're they're on a very short list. Like for me personally, it's like the Beatles, Radiohead, and then probably System of a Down is maybe my third favorite band. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because like nice. I like them more than Led Zeppelin's entirety of yeah catalog. I think all five albums. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this earlier yeah. this week that this is a difficult one for me because I feel like all five albums could be number one for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Maybe, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Save for maybe, like, one. For me, there's an outlier, and we'll get into it. Yeah. But it's an outlier based on just my own personal tastes. And yeah. What I like about the band and what I... Not really what I don't like, but what I like. And there's an album that I just doesn't feature as much of the stuff that I really like about Yeah. Um, but, yeah, five albums, In and Out. Recorded stuff from 98 to 2005. Uh, have played sporadically over the past 15 years. They released two singles last year in support of the war that was occurring between uh, 
Armenia and uh, Azerbaijan, maybe. Yeah. Like a Soviet, uh, Soviet-supported nation against the Artsakh people of like the mountain region of what used to be Armenia, which is now not even Armenia because yeah. of the Armenian genocide during World War One, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, a band that I <laughs> sorely miss. I would like. I know. I know, me too. I really wish that they were, like, still together. I, they are in a way, but not, you know. Yeah, and they've done solo stuff. Um, Serge Tonkin has done his solo things. Like, I think he's done, like, three or four albums. He did an album last year. Yeah. Um, and then Darren Malakian, the guitarist and vocalist, uh, Scars on Broadway. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, maybe two or three albums. Yeah. But this unit, like, just a great band. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, let's get into it, then. Why don't you lead us off with your with your number five? Because I'm interested in in yeah. in what because I, I I I am sure of what my number five is. So yeah, I'm sure what my number five is. So what's your number five? Although, okay, so I listened to all these a ton this week. Um, at least every album once a day. Because <laughs> <there's, laughs> yeah. the best thing about not the best, but the great thing about System of Down, all their albums, five albums, they're all between 36 and 45 minutes long. Yeah. So it's like pop 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 pop, and then you can take a break. Um, number five is the one that I've listened to the least in the 20 years since it came out. And, uh, it's just taste, not my favorite of their five. And that is their self-titled first album. Mm. Now. Okay. Um, mainly because it is lacking one of my favorite features of their later music, which is the dual harmonized lead vocals. Yeah. There's none of it on the first album. And, and as far as harmonies in general, there's only two songs spiders and one other song maybe maybe two, maybe three total songs that have some kind of harmonies but it's just like barely during the chorus kind of thing and i love the supercharged like harmonized verses and singing in third singing these kind of harmonies that are very armenian and georgian and turkish and greek inspired folk type of stuff so it's like the led zeppelin fave five their debut was my least favorite as well. This debut is, it's setting a precedent, which I think was amazing because it doesn't sound like anything else because of the Armenian uh, heritage background. But it's like they set a bar, and then I just think that they consistently went beyond that in their mm-hmm. later work. So that's, and just sound, it's the only album that's not mixed by Andy Wallace, um, who's a mixer who's worked on like every hard rock metal thing that ever heard in the last 35 years um it's mixed by D, uh, dave sardi and um so it's like boxier and mm-hmm. the the when you especially having headphones on everything's more center based it doesn't have all these extreme layers and like kind of things going back and forth um so yeah that's why it falls at number five for me because a great debut it's it's like uh <laughs> it's like middle it's like middle eastern carnival metal music like (laughs) yeah yeah um so like it's set and they never they they kind of shed what this album sounded like in their later work by getting more melodic and getting um but i do enjoy so some positives about the first album i enjoy how all over the place it is how they do their lurches into different time feels and they add in like peephole is like dun, 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 dun. yeah yeah it's like very like <laughs> it's like you can feel like you're in a slow motion like Russian dancing yeah um and it has all the trademarks all the political lyrics all the 
almost indecipherable kind of like Dada-esque, like uh, fractured kind of English as a second language type of lyrics mm. that are very much, you have to interpret it and they aren't very blatant. And when they're very blatant, you're like, uh, maybe they don't even mean this. Like, it seems like uh, satirical or sarcastic, very tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, so the self-title from 98, that's my number five. It's, it's still like, if I have to give them grades, it's an A minus or even, yeah. it might be an A. Yeah. Like that's how much I love these five albums. But yeah, just missing the twin harmony vocals yeah. that I love in their later stuff. I'll agree with you. And that being number five too. Cause I just don't, I feel like it's oh, just I thought not. this would have been like two or three. No, well, cause I'm a first, I'm usually a first album yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. That's usually my go-to. Like, metal, that, metal, yeah, metal. especially first. <laughs> yeah. But no, I agree with you in the way that like, it's not for me listening to it like pretty much everything you said but for me yeah it's just it's not realized yet i i i find that when i listen to it in comparison to the other albums it doesn't move me as much I, to me it's not as emotional as much as it's just raw and angry like that's what it sounds like to me like it's i mean obviously it has i think something that sism of a down does that's so incredible they're so good at dynamics like they can bring things so down and then they, they can build this tension and they can give you that climax and stuff. Like it's it's really reminiscent to me of like a classical music composition because there's a lot of this tension building yeah. and this sort of release. But I think that that's for them that wasn't 100% honed in yet until we get later on into this the discography. Like, But yeah, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I'm usually a that's first a, album yeah, guy. But yeah, for me, yeah, it's, it's, it is a number five too. Just because... Again, maybe it's because it came out in 98, and for me, like, it it wasn't one of those things that... It wasn't the first album I listened to, either. You no, know? This, was the, this was the fifth album I listened to. Yeah. Yeah, I was that... I was, I'm pretty sure. I think the only reason... I, I can't remember... You know, obviously, Toxicity was the first album that I listened to. That's right, where right. I got turned on to them, you know? Right. But, um, but, yeah, just... Like I said, it's just... For me, it just doesn't... Um, it just doesn't hit me like the other albums do, you know? so um so well why don't we go to number four because for me i'm interested in seeing what your number yeah. four is because i i think this is where we might well we'll, we'll most likely differ and before we move on too much some background for anybody who doesn't know system of down because the last time they did stuff really was 2005 um a four piece from glendale or los angeles area mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lead vocalist serge tonkian vocalist and guitarist darren malakian bassist shavo adagian drummer john domayan um, I think John Doman is like maybe my favorite hard rock drummer of all time. Yeah, incredible drummer. Just like m masters the common time, like doom, 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 to the doom, 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 to yeah. the double to the dun, 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 yeah, yeah. Like and it's just like stop on a dime and all the gallops and the dun, all the Tom stuff. Um, and the main songwriter is Darren, the guitar player. Yeah. The main lyricist for the first half of the band's existence was Serge Tonkian. And then for the last two albums, he and Darren split lyrical duties. And Shavo's always been like kind of like the guy in the background, the bass player, yeah. um, who did a lot of the business stuff. He was the first manager of the band before they were at System of Down when they were a band called Soil. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, produced by Rick Rubin, yeah. all, all of their albums. I think this, this is my favorite Rick Rubin stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like his ethos is, I just want to record what you do best. And like yeah. these albums, 
the last two have layers of everything all over it. But for the most part, these albums sound like how this band would sound like on their best day in a room. Yeah, I. One thing I wanted to say too, I'm yeah. happy that you like stop for a sec too, because like for, with the first album, one thing I have to say, man, is a thing that I love about the first album is the sound of the guitars, because it's so dead and dry. Yeah, yeah. it's just. Yeah. <laughs> It just has this, it's not fizzy, it's not over metal, it's not, it just, it sounds like a super cranked tube amp, but very dry. There's not, there's, he doesn't have a lot of these, and I think that's one thing with Darren that is great, is his, his guitar sound has always been consistently very good. Because even, even like the, uh, even his clean stuff is still pretty dry. It's, yeah. He doesn't go crazy with reverb or delay or chorus. It's a, that's not to say that that stuff isn't there at times. Right. But, um, you know, yeah. And playing the uh, Ibanez uh, Iceman <laughs> yeah. uh, guitar, which is always Paul a favorite. Stanley. Yeah, the Paul Stanley <laughs> style one, yeah. I mean, he played like an SG at one point, right, too. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. That was a big influence of him starting the band, this Kiss. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm Darren sure. was big into like wearing the white makeup with the crazy black circles around the eyes. Yeah. And, like the devil horn goatee. Yeah. And, yeah. And pigtails. So, um, Painting his whole body silver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the Star Child. And just like a great visual band while we're yeah. on that because it's like Shavo has a shaved head with like the foot and a half long. Yeah, like the braided. Yeah. Um, and then Serge kind of looks like. He looks like the new metal version of Frank Zappa. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like wearing like Jinko jeans, but he has the goatee and like the wide wide eyes and yeah. the big eyebrows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then John basically just looks like he looks like Serge's meaner, quiet brother. Yeah, right. He looks so sick. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and I I mean this band was so the the first album came out when I was ten. Yeah. And I knew the singles because I listened to a lot of whatever 103.7 was at the time, the alt-rock. W-A-A-F? 103.7 yeah, was on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But they would play the new metal and the, you know, the Eminem-style hip-hop stuff. And this, their stuff was on MTV. Yeah. This is down, like, Spiders and... Sugar. Sugar. Sugar! Sugar! <laughs> um, so... But yeah, that first album, I think I was I was just a little too young to have yeah. it like in my CD player all the time. Toxicity came out, I was 13. And that was like the first metal album I ever listened to. So yeah. then we were in a different place. But yeah, the first album, amazing. But the one I've listened to the least mm-hmm. and just love the least. But Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that with most of these five fave countdowns anyway, yeah. it's what do you love the least? You yeah, still yeah. love them, you know what I mean? But yeah. you just love some more than others kind of thing. I think this is the band where if I did like average score of albums, it'd be the highest. Across the board. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, there's two or three Beatles albums I just almost never listened to. Yeah. There's two Radiohead albums I almost never listened to. Yeah. So, um, number four for me. I thought this was going to be my number three. Or even my number two. Because on some days it is. But I settled number four is the third album from 2002, Steal This Album. Ah, mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people thought this, think of this album as like the B-sides of Toxicity. Right. Which it's not. It's It was leaked tracks that were leaked um, maybe late 2001, early 2002, right when Napster was like crumbling. 
and so the band it was leaked as toxicity too and the band reclaimed it and went back to the studio oh and that's right stuff. i remember on yeah, like yeah. i remember seeing it labeled right. as toxicity too when i was illegally downloading it. <laughs> toxicity too by metallica yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> produced by lars ulrich um so this this is their album with the it's the most amount of tracks i think it's 16 tracks long and uh it's just again it's number four for me just because i like the other the three others a little bit more yeah but on on some days this would be the number two album honestly and that's because i respect the sound and the songs um the thing i love about the sound of this album is this is the first album where they're they're leaning into the twin harmonized vocals because almost every track on this album has the dual vocals and at least harmonies during the choruses on almost every single song. Uh, it has great tracks, New Guns, Boom, AD, ADD. You start off the album with Pizza Pizza Pie, <laughs> 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 Peppers, Mushrooms, Olive Chives, um, Madness, uh, Mr. Jack, which is like a police brutality anthem, IEAIAIO, which is just this gallop. Uh, chorus based song um, 36 which is this minute long just propulsive pummeling uh, beast of a song fuck the system you know it's it's like they continue the sound from toxicity because like you said the dryness the sparseness only having what's necessary on the album um, and yeah, I love the addition of those harmonized vocals because we could hear that Darren could sing based on Toxicity because mm -hmm. he does some harmonies on maybe Toxicity and Aerials and Chop Suey, uh, ATWA. But like this is the first one you're like, oh, this guy could actually sing lead on some songs. Yeah, I don't think he actually sings any lead on Steel's album, but he does some harmonized stuff during verses and stuff. Yeah, you don't see the uh you don't see him actually taking lead until you get the the last two the last yeah. two albums, yeah. No, I yeah, I agree. For me it was like it's just cuz I tried to listen to the albums in order. Same, yeah. And it was like I was already like riding the high from toxicity mm. that when I put this album on, it was just kind of like I don't know. I feel like I was already, I was system fatigued at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it like, it got, you know, cause I, cause you know, the first album yeah, obviously yeah. is the first album, you know? And then you, once I got to this one, I was like, all right, all right. But what's funny is, is I just, I, I heard this album and I, I just wanted to jump forward. Okay. I just wanted to like skip it almost and just uh, go to hypnotize and memorize yeah. just because it was like, yeah, it just, I don't know. If you I, listen in order, that's true. Because yeah. the way it sounds and the way the song structures are, it is pretty much a continuation of the sound of Toxicity. Right. So if you listen to it back to back, it's like it feels like Toxicity is just an hour long. Right. Right. So, yeah. And for that, and that's what I mean. Like for me, as a, as a standalone album, like if I'm gonna sit down and listen to System of a Down, mm -hmm. and I start with this album, mm -hmm. it's not as bad. Right. But if I go one, two, three, it's like oh my god, like it's <laughs> just like it's an assault on every, you know, on the ears, so and they just. That's why they split up mesmerize and hypnotize because it was going to be one thing yeah and darren's like i got halfway through the tracks and i needed a break yeah right <laughs> like uh, and like i gotta like let's give him 35 minutes yeah six months to process that, yeah yeah that 35 minutes. i mean i love the sentiment of it like yeah. that the steal this album 
and then how the you know the the, the way the the cd itself looked like it was right. like a burned cd like yeah. that whole idea and like even the sentiment like steal this album because yeah. you know they're kind of all for like you know fighting the power and stuff right. for sure also a fun fact yeah. the song <laughs> the song what song is it uh stream line yeah was featured time. on the soundtrack for the movie the scorpion king right <laughs> starring Dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> Which is a which is pretty funny. It's a good song. When yeah. I listened to the album, I I kept like because I get very particular about the the uh, linear structure of like how the songs, the sequencing, and all that. I I thought that roulette would have been a better closer initially because that's a song where it's all acoustic guitars, uh, but streamline is right after it. That's the last track actually. But streamline ends with this like big string session thing at the the last 45 seconds minute of the song. Um there's actually like a guitar solo mm. which on System of Down things it's like there's on an average album there's probably like four guitar solos but they're really like minimalistic kind of like 20 second long guitar. Yeah, songs. I wouldn't consider them like guitar More solos like in like the breaks. classical yeah. Like the classic, rather right. sense of like a male guitar solo. Right. Yeah, they're not like these big epic guitar solos. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, more melodic. One thing I love too that Darren does is like he does this thing that's very reminiscent of like what Tony Iommi does in Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. where he's not afraid to play like these single guitar note yeah. lines. You know what I mean? Instead of like hitting you with these crazy power chords and stuff, he can kind of just give you a melody with single notes. Right. You know, he's not afraid to do that. And that's one thing I love. I absolutely love about yeah. all of System of a Down stuff. I mean, we're talking about Steel this album, but like yeah. just on the whole, man. And then like, yeah, his, his, the way that he kind of like harmonizes his own guitar playing and stuff too. Like you can just hear they have such a good ear for music. And for me as well, like the thing that I really enjoyed about System of a Down or I enjoy about System of a Down, I should say, is that, like, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but, like, being being Greek, there's a lot of that sort of Middle Eastern musical influence in terms of the usages of scales and harmonies and melodies and stuff like that. So, like, that was one thing I love about System of a Down, was just kind of like, oh, this kind of, it's like metal, but it sounds familiar. So they bridge this cool musical gap for me, even, where it's like, oh, it's kind of, it kind of almost sounds Greek at certain yeah, times. Yeah. But it's that Middle Eastern influence, it's the Turkish influence, the Armenian influence, that all that stuff, you know? So, uh, yeah. But yeah, so Steal This Album, like I said, I agree with you, man. For me, number four as well. And the guitar playing, like you mentioned, the how it's like cranked up amp and not a ton of effects. The thing I like about their music as well is it's not like they're looking for these polished, perfect lines either. Mm. They let the guitars be a little rough and jagged and like kind of raw and... So sometimes you hear things and you're like, did he mean to kind of like play that sloppy or, yeah, but they leave it in there. And same thing with the vocals. Like it's very human. It's not, it never sounds like they spend a ton of time like working out kinks and like iron it flat and making it have this radio sheen. Like, well, yeah. Cause if you think about it, all right, this came out what 2001 and 2002. Yeah. So at the same time you're getting these bands like. Uh, like the metalcore bands are starting to come up right. now. You have like your As I Lie Dying's, your Kill Switching Cages, and all that. And those bands, you know, is the is super polished. Right. Is super like the distortion is like crazy saturated and just yeah, just you know you get that. Where uh, that's I love the bare bones vibe yeah, of yeah. them. And also, if you think about it, as they're kind of a trio. 
you know, yeah. obviously Serge is the vocalist, so they're not technically a trio, but in, in the idea of, like, the instrumentalist, like, and that's something that I've, you know, I've always loved. Shout out to an early Get in the Garage podcast, Power to the Trio, where we talk about our favorite trios. We don't mention Sisters of a Down on that, but we're, we're, gonna, yeah. but we're talking about, like, Cream and Mountain and all that stuff, but, but yeah, I just, I, I love a trio because I think it just, it, it, it leaves wiggle room for the instruments right, right. and, like, they have to kind of, like, they really have to perform to make up for the fact that you don't have these two guitars. I mean, again, uh, they did a lot of multi-tracking with guitar effects and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, but still only, just... Yeah, only because you need it to have, it, like, the guitar channels on both sides of your ear. Of your right, ear right, right. But, yeah, it's just like... Nothing overdone, though. I feel no. I never feel like anything of no. theirs is over... It's, it's never, like, too much when it comes to, like, overdubbing and stuff like that you know what i mean everything is done. get a little bit more wall of sound style there's yeah. a lot more layers on those but but the first three yeah yeah i don't think it's, so it's really like the bass is just kind yeah. of like eighth notes low string stuff the guitar is like those and then the drums you gotta leave room for all the all the toms everywhere because yeah. if, you, if you're just going over it which they do at times but if you do that whole song it's like you miss all those nuance in the drum parts yeah like it just gets buried um yeah yeah i i fully agree with you though when like listen to these chronologically this is the one where you're like you start to fatigue on yeah because <laughs> it's the most tracks uh i think out of the five albums this is like the one album that didn't really have like hits quote unquote right yeah that's the I, that even though they're super melodic, radio-friendly songs. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I knew any of these songs before buying the album. Yeah. It is it is it is sort of a... Tra- in my, the way that I see it when I, like, zoom out, it's the transitionary album. It's the yeah. it's the filler between oh. toxicity. And I, I don't yeah, mean right. to, like... I don't bridge, mean to, like... The bridge. The bridge, the thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mean... F- filler <laughs> makes it sound, like, shitty. And I don't, I don't mean that at all, at all. But, yeah, I agree in the way that it's, like... I think it's just, I think it's just, it, it, because it came out after Toxicity, it just was in the, sh- the shadow of this, sure. this amazing, amazing album, you know, where every single song, I mean, I don't know how many quote unquote, like radio singles Toxicity had. It felt like there were four, but it felt, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, it was, I mean, yeah. every, every song for me was, you know, yeah. but I mean, obviously because that's probably the one that I listened to the most right. with the exception of another one, but yeah. we'll get to that. Um, all right, cool. So there's our number four. Yeah. So number three, this is where we may start to depart from being completely aligned. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But maybe not, yeah. So what's what's your number um, three then? Number three for me, uh, it's really number three. In my heart of hearts, Steel This <laughs> Album is number three. Yeah. But I'm, I'm being very real with how I feel today and how I just feel overall and not trying to overthink about like what is the quote-unquote best, but really about what I enjoy the most. Um, and yes, Steal This Album is a little fatiguing because of all the things we mentioned. Number three for me, Sentimental Value, maybe it's because it's the last thing they left us with, but that's Hypnotize is number three. Yeah, that's my number three too. <laughs> um, Jesus. And it's number three, I thought it was going to drop because like, you know, just I did a lot of research this week and was reading a lot about System of Down, listening to a bunch of podcasts. And this is, people don't like Steal This Album and people, the next least favorite would be uh, hypnotize but i fucking love hypnotize yeah me too because the songs i love on it i love um 
the songs that I don't like, I still get a lot of joy out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll mention those right now, which would be uh, Stealing Society. <laughs> yeah. Uh, vicinity of obscenity. Oh, I love that one though. She's like, she's like, she's heroine. like yeah. heroin. Because those are the three songs. Darren said that he was listening to a lot of like, uh, <laughs> like what's his name, convicted murderer <laughs> Spectre. Oh, Phil Spectre. <laughs> his yeah. produced girl bands. So it's a lot of that like, do, da, 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 do, da, yeah, da. Yeah. on those songs. It's like prevalent. Um, he was listening to a lot of surf rock at the time, and yeah. those songs have heavy surf rock style, like he, as much as the uh, she's like Heron has like, <laughs> like you really feel like on your surfboard. Um, <laughs> so those are my least favorite songs on the album, but the ones I love, I love hypnotize. Yeah. I love holy mountains. Yeah, I love. Um, dreaming, dreaming, I'm screaming. Yeah, like I love. They're such. They're such anthemic songs. They're huge choruses. Yeah, huge harmonies. Um, even like you fig. You fig is madness, but you fig is. It's not. <laughs> it's not zany. Like yeah, she's yeah. Like, she's like heroin. Yeah. Like, vicinity of obscenity. Um, but yeah, I think it's sentimental. Because it was the last thing, but also production-wise, I love the dryness of the first three albums. But I also love the like throw everything on the track of the last two albums. Yeah, and yeah, I love singing along with this album. Yeah, yeah, same here. I like and Holy Mountains. Holy Mountains is like maybe my favorite track on that album. Yeah, with, I, the, with the kind of like chorus flanged vocals on the on the verses, and then it's like like i love that stuff um yeah it's it's this yeah this one for me too it is just so so good lonely day i mean that song too right it's right. you know just from a guitar player's perspective lonely day just because yeah. like the um i think that's the solo that's um where it's it's that dual guitar thing right. where it's like the trip the tricks like it's like yeah man this album for me, I absolutely love it for sure. And same thing, like f- f- sentimental value, a hundred percent. Like because I remember, um, yeah, I think the song "Hypnotized." That's the one where it's like the 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 music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like the um, helicopter and all that stuff. Yeah, and I remember, I remember watching that for the first time. I remember watching that for the first time. I want to say it was on YouTube. In oh, 2005, like first, but like, year of YouTube. like, er, yeah, yeah, man, and just being like, oh my god, because and that's and that's what I think it was. It was like everything was just so new. It's like this yeah. is a new system album. This it's on this strange thing called YouTube. Like right. it was just like, yeah, it was it was incredible. And coming hot off the off the tracks of um, uh, uh, mesmerized too, because you know once we get into our top two, which are the same albums, uh, that. You know, Mesmerized for me was the album that was like, oh shit. Like, because I knew Toxicity, but Mesmerized was like the holy shit. The girl I was dating at the time was like super into them. And uh, this was like when I, I think this album, when Hypnotize happened, it was like 
the first time for me that System of a Down released an album where I felt like this is my band. Yeah, you know what same, I mean? Same. You know, like where it was finally like, oh, yeah. this is I'm I'm in on the secret now. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, like right. Toxicity, of course. Mesmerized was the initiation, right. the the ritualistic initiation, <laughs> and then Hypnotized was like. I, I feel like I've, I earned the ability to be like, I remember when this came out, you know, because the other ones, like, they were already out. Like, everything had already happened by then, yeah. you know, and I came to the party a little bit late with Mesmerize, even though it came out the same album as Hypnotize, but right. it was already out, and it was like, oh, it didn't, but when this came out for me, I was like, oh, shit, I felt like I was hip to, yeah. to it, you know what I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it came out my, halfway through my senior year of high school, Yeah, and same thing, the girl I was dating at the time, love system of a down as well who was the girl i was dating at the times oh, sister. Twin sister, yeah. <laughs> yeah and like their their brothers shout out to mike and mark verano like, yeah constantly played system of a down constantly would like drive around screaming they would um they love that band and i loved them because we're gonna get into it later but I had listened to System of Down since I was, you know, 13. And then I was finally like, I'm 17. Yeah. And same thing you said, where this, that was the first album that came out. And I was like, I bought it the day it came out. Kind of right, thing. right, right. Whereas the other ones I had to play catch up on yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. And also, as far as splitting this and Steel Sound, out of respect for the fact that I pretty much always listen to Mesmerize and Hypnotize as a package deal. Yeah. I couldn't just, I, I didn't feel like I could split them in the top five. Right, right, right. Um, so, again, same thing. It's like my rankings are basically like four A-plus albums and an A album. Yeah. So it's like we're splitting hairs anyway. Um, but yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, I still remember when this came out and buying the CDs that the uh, artwork was by... Uh, Barton, Malaki, and Darren's dad. Oh yeah, did the artwork and like the the hypnotizes CD was backwards because you would take the two and you could and put them together, together yep. to make one big gatefold. Um, yeah, but yeah, I there's yeah there's yeah. songs I mentioned that I'm just like these are fucking crazy. Yeah, like hold on to your surfboard <laughs> in the middle of the desert kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely number three for me. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. There's our first our first three of the countdown. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll uh, we'll go two and then one. So we'll be right back. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling. Like, you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. And welcome back to Get in the Garage. <laughs> Today we are counting down our five faves of the five, excuse me, System of a Down album. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 
I'm three quarters of the way through my kombucha. <laughs> it gets a little uh, the kombucha mushroom people. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, surprisingly, maybe surprisingly, uh, we've found ourselves. We found ourselves with uh, what I what I will assume will be identical lists. Most likely. Most likely, yeah. Um, yeah, and during the break, I mean, we were talking about how, uh, really, how, like, Serge Tonkin um, was on the WTF podcast with Mark Marin and was, uh, was kind of his... I mean, we, you know, anybody who's a fan of System of a Now knows that he is very much a, like, cultural, politically conscious person. Um, As is the rest of the band. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, And just talking about how, you know, seeing the COVID response in New Zealand, where he lives half the time in comparison to the way that it was dealt with in the, I should say, is being dealt with in the United States. Yeah. Uh, Definitely a podcast worth listening to. I think... All the podcasts with all the band members are definitely worth listening to, for sure. Um, yeah, there's a good one, uh, Broken Record, which is hosted by Rick Rubin. Uh, he did a Serge Tonkian interview. I think it came out like last week. Yeah. Um, and they touched on some of the political things and some of the history of the band and et cetera. But uh, we just wanted to take a moment and talk about feelings about Sipo Down as a whole and just how, like, as far as the bands that really kind of captured the zeitgeist and were one of those most well-known bands, I think they're by far the most like political and socially conscious. And yeah, I mean, cause all of their songs, they're kind of like absurd satirizations of the state of like geopolitics and ecological things and police brutality and crooked elections. Like it's, yeah, it's extremely heavy subject matter. And um, during the break, Mike was talking about how a lot of that must come from them, the four of them all being Armenian Americans coming from a culture that was essentially wiped out by Soviets and the Ottoman empire. And uh, it was a genocide of 1.5 to 2 million people in the 1910s and how they all escaped war ravaged countries. And like, I know Serge Tonkin was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and he like literally had bombs falling over the city when he was five, six years old before his yeah. family was able to make it to America. And um, so it's kind of like a wide-eyed view of these very heavy, dark realities of human existence. <laughs> that might be a lot. that sounds like a lyric. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's kind of well for that. I think what's unique about them too is like they have that. They have this sense, to me, from what I have seen, heard, yeah. just from them, interviews, etc. Like, they have just such a well-rounded view of kind of how crooked everything is, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can see how, where they come from and the influence that the United States has over that territory, yeah. the influence that the Soviets at one point had over that territory, and the long-term effects of not only the Soviets, but then also the Ottomans, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in that sense, cause it's like, I, I think I saw a thing, I think Joe Biden had released a statement where oh. instead of referring it to it as Istanbul, he refers to it as Constantinople. Oh, com- and Well, ma- yeah, ma- cause that's how it was back then. Right. I, he, I think in his statement, recognizing the genocide of 1915 to 1917, he did say about like the, um, the elites and the intellectuals who were, 
taken from their homeland and moved to Con because it was Constantinople. Right, right, right. But I but all the Greeks online lost their shit because they're just like, <laughs> yes, Constantinople. And I'm like, I don't know, but I don't. I mean, I think we're yeah, yeah. We're, we're treading some dangerous waters yeah. right now. You and, know, and for anybody who doesn't know, because I yeah, you know, this week I did a little bit more research because we're only told so much about things yeah. in America and history is written by the victors and all that kind of stuff. But Armenia is a small country. It was a bigger territory, but its borders have shrunk because of the warring powers that surround it. Armenia is basically where Iraq, Iran, Turkey, Syria, and Russia all meet. Yeah, It's like this small country in the mountains that's like right where all those countries' borders all collide. Yeah. Um, so a very just like war ravaged place and people surviving yeah and yeah i think uh shavo is the only one of the four who was born in armenia but i think be all of them being first generation like americans mm -hmm. is a big perspective thing because they grew up in households speaking armenian as a first language go yeah. to armenian schools all through high school in uh, los angeles and then like playing on like the Sunset Strip in America, in Hollywood, in like yeah, the most right, right. glamour, like exact opposite of that kind of world. Yeah. Um, which I think plenty plastic. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? you can hear in the music because the music is like where those two things just like butt heads. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, even even with the uh, like, well, because like cause, like kind of what I was saying was is in that respect too, which is like, you know, I think you look at a place like Armenia where everything that's going awry, everything that's going wrong is blatant. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like people are literally being killed in the streets. Unfortunately, the States nowadays, this is a common occurrence, unfortunately. Right. However, I think it's interesting in terms of getting their perspective because you go to a place like Armenia where like there are these invasions and there's this like, crimes against humanity and stuff like that happening all the time and then they come to the united states and to see the abuse of power is so much more like cynical and un yeah. and and it's it's more woven into the fabric in a really fucked up kind of way like you know what i'm saying like it's just these it's more insidious because in america it's it's very clear who's targeted yeah by these uh you know these power sources yeah the government police Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Uh, where Armenia, it's kind of a wide swath of like everyone gets fucked. Yeah. Except for the crooked politician and the guys in the paramilitary brigades and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, so, it's kind of like if yeah. you're if you're anywhere, I feel like I don't know this obviously from experience. We I live in Connecticut. Yeah. We're crying out loud. Right. I don't know. I don't have mo you know any of this kind of firsthand experience. I mean, I have I have a bit from like what I've heard from my grandparents who came out of a world war post world war two Greece. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but in the sense that it, it almost just kind of seems like, especially in the middle East, it's like, it's, it's coming from every direction. It's like, Oh, this government and then this rebel group and then that rebel group and then this anti something militia and then that anti something militia. It's like, they're all just fucking killing each other for the, but you know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's, the problem is, is like, the good people who just want to live their lives end up getting caught in the crossfire. They get caught in the crosshairs of that, you know? And it's, and it's really sad, man. It's really sad. I, I, I listened to a couple, uh, with Serge interviews and it's just like, 
you know, man, your heart just hurts for him because you're just because yeah. you know. I mean, but at the same time, good on him for you know uh, using his success uh, and everything as a all of them really as a as a platform to bring awareness to the stuff that's happening in Armenia and yeah. uh, and, and all that. So you know, but for sure, for sure, I mean, you know, Rage Against the Machine definitely a politically conscious band, right. but to bring it to the like. yeah yeah system has it on a whole different level like because they have songs about hollywood and then they have songs about the middle east so it's like there's a whole other it's a very broad brush well and and escaping like war-torn countries and then growing up in america and you're like in your late teens and rodney king beating happens and there's videotape and like there's riots can you imagine those guys being like I thought we were in a country that's like a safe country and that like the little violence that does occur, like it's videotaped and it's still not even taken care of. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. How, how much of a conflicting thing must that be to be like, this was supposed to be the safe haven. Like this is supposed to be like where you go to, to not have to worry about that fucked up stuff. And yet it's happening. And system of a down, like we'll get into it, I think later, but being a band that is from the middle East, Eastern uh, Eastern Europe. I, I don't know exactly. I, I don't think it's technically Middle East Armenia, but I don't know. We'll call it that. That region of the yeah, world. Yeah, Asia Minor, if you want to talk about <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so, like, this band becoming a hugely popular band at the turn of the millennium and the early 2000s, when America was at war with countries that are pretty much right next door to that country, Yeah. like, they face a ton of backlash for being an openly political band from that part of the world. They had a lot of people who were anti this band and, you know, all this stuff about terrorists and blah, blah, blah. That was occurring in the early 2000s. Like, it's strange that they were in the white, predominantly white metal world. Yeah. And so, I I don't know, maybe it was like a great thing because I think they were able to shine a light on things and maybe convince a lot of people who otherwise would have had very hateful, ignorant views to just be like, well, my favorite band is like from that part of the world and like they talk about the injustices and they're not like gloating over 9-11 or you yeah. know, the exact opposite kind of thing right right um but yeah just a very strange timing of like when that band became successful it's like during the invasion of afghanistan and, and iraq yeah. and um yeah and we were talking about how this whole history lends to such an emotionality in the music and such a connection at least for you and i like when I listen to this music, you can't help but just be like, this is like truthful stuff. Yeah. It's, it's over the top. It's zany. It's absurd. It's all of that at times too. But it is such cutting, truthful. Like they aren't fucking making songs for people to sing along to. Yeah, if you right, sing along right. to it, cool. But like this is the truth. This is our viewpoint. We're yeah. sharing it with the world. Um, yeah. And interestingly, they never they didn't play in their homeland, Armenia, until I think like 2015. They did a show over there and they said it was like the crowning achievement of the band was like to come back to where they all uh, ethnically are from. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it must've been amazing too. Just that, just in being that, that, that I think it was like 300,000 people. I think it was like great. I think it was like crazy amount of people. I've seen pictures of it. You're like, Holy shit. Yeah. It's not crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. I haven't seen the pictures for it, but yeah, that must've been amazing. And, 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 from the from the angle too that it's like well not the angle but the idea that it's just yeah. like that their heritage their country is such a driving force behind the music behind the message mm-hmm. behind the band and it's as itself yeah. 
that it must have been just an incredible homecoming right. of sorts for them too, you know. Um, but uh, all right, cool. So let's let's get back into uh, let's get back into the countdown, the five faves countdown. I'm assuming you and I are going to have the same number, number two. Number two, number two for me is their fourth album from 2005, May 2005, uh, Mesmerize. Yes, as number well as mine. Yeah. Um, a great album. Maybe the album. This and Toxicity are probably the two I've listened to the most. Yeah. Um, I love the song Lost in Hollywood. Yeah. The last track. I love the harmonies. There's this really cool harmony that happens on the verses where Darren and Serge are singing together. And at the peak of the line, they sing a, a harmony that's a half step away from each other. And it happens in every verse line. And it's like this tension and release moment, not to get super nerdy musical theory stuff on it but i love that song i love the song question yeah which starts with the acoustic guitar um there's only one song on this album that i don't really enjoy and i usually don't skip any system of tracks because the good thing about the band is pretty much all their songs are two to two and a half minutes long but uh this cocaine makes me feel like i'm on this song yeah, to me yeah. it's just a th- you know it's just a throwaway just crazy song yeah um but byob is the lead single from the song yeah. from the album it's like a huge melodic song. I love the chorus. It's like made for radio, especially yeah, for radio sure. at, in the early two thousands. Um, that side note that was yeah. the that was the first second second yeah. second system of down song I learned on guitar. Oh, and I was I was so proud of myself when I heard it or when I when I played it rather like when I okay. learned it. Uh, this was also the second one I learned. Was your first one? Well, the first one I learned was Ariel. Ariel, so, of course, okay. yeah, yeah. Because you're like, oh, it's a drop D, and I could just do, do, Mike, do. Mike and I went to the same music school of Guitar One magazine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I haven't played either of those songs in months or years. I probably could still play them. Yeah, oh, yeah. I used to play them so much when I was like 17, 18 years old. Yeah, but BYOB, um, I was so excited when I learned it. Yeah. I was actually, I called, uh, I called a friend. I was like, I learned how to play BYOB, you know, and I played like, it was like, oh man. Yeah. But the, just the, sh- the shriek, like, why the hell is that the bar? Like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, you know? But it's like, but yes, yeah, I mean, talking like the political commentary and stuff too, even that song, like it's, it kind of, it kind of makes you think about it, you know what I mean? And it's like, lyrically speaking, yeah, it's like you're sent, you send off, you know, it's like yeah. the idea of like the rich politician sending off, right? you know? just the really if you think about it people who kind of enter maybe the idea that there are certain people who enter the military because that's the only viable option they have for any sort of a financial supported living you know what i mean where it's like well i can't afford college so i might as well enlist yeah this was peak of that time because this album was recorded in 2004 early 2005 yeah so this was right after George Bush, or going into George Bush being reelected. Yeah. This, I assume, in 2004, 2005, was probably the highest enlistment in military oh, yeah. for war service. Because now you're two, two and a half years into the invasion in the Middle East. Um, and the album opens with the soldier side intro, which mm-hmm. is like a minute long little snippet, a peak that didn't pay off until Hypnotize was released. Uh, six months later yeah because hypnotize closes with soldier side the full yeah song um but yeah there's 
those songs that are so uh, so political and so um, yeah, just like powerful, like Revenge or Sigaro. Sigaro was my. There's just these like. Sigaro was my ringtone for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Was the part where it's my cock is much bigger? No, I goes. wish it was. It was the chorus. <laughs> oh, I'm in denial. What a cool yeah. like, like a smoking thing. I don't think. I think it was. Was it my ring? It was. I think it was my ring, ring back. back. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on my little Sony Ericsson uh, flip phone, man. Actually, now that you say that, I I think I remember that because I definitely. Yeah, you. Yeah, you I must, called you. Yeah, there was. There was probably. Yeah, there, yeah. there had to have been a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the ring back. It was the ring back yeah. tone. Yeah. Um, so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> So ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, as a side note, I'm yeah. pretty sure Luke still has a ring back toe. He does. It's like a, it's like a, the a Vivaldi, spring. yeah, yeah spring. But it's only because it like reset when he got his new phone. It was Can't You Hear Me Knocking. Oh, I like that. That's a ring back toe. But I'm like, it's 2018 yeah, and did, Luke has a ring back toe. How do you set that up nowadays? Because he didn't get a smartphone until like 2016. Oh. I wonder if I could get a ring back tone right now. I'm sure you could. I'm sure there's a way to find it. Yeah. Like to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's a strange song on this album that kind of sticks out. It's different than all the other ones, and that's old school Hollywood, which is like the really synth based song mm-hmm. that is about um an experience that Darren Malakian had being in the the celebrity baseball game at Dodger Stadium in their after the success of Toxicity. Um so just musically it's like very strange because System of Down had done some keyboard stuff, but they were like barely noticeable keyboard things. And old school Hollywood is straight up like it starts with <laughs> it's like synth, and then it's like jan, 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 jan. it's all these like auto tune vocals and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and this song, this album, just like Hypnotize, Mesmerize and Hypnotize were the two albums that I blasted. And really, yeah. if I think about music, from my high school days, there's two, there's pretty much two artists from that time that I even ever go back and listen to. That System with Down and Kanye West. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't listen to any other of those contemporary, like, uh, they made albums in 2005 kind yeah. of bands. I don't think I do. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Radiohead, really. I, I, you know, I yeah. guess. But, like, Radiohead, I mean, yeah, they. I guess they put out two albums in my high school and then like my first year of college and I listened to those. Yeah. But yeah, like any of those albums, those hundreds of CDs I bought, I never go back to listen to any of that stuff except for system and Kanye West. Yeah. Never. I'd say, I'd say the same too. Yeah. Cause it's like nothing. I don't know. I just think that it's like, it's a lot of those artists from that time. It's all time and place. Right. But you can see, I mean, that's the Testament, right. Of system of a down is that like you can listen to, I think are a good band at, at any point. Like if a, a good band, you can listen to the music and it always kind of seems relevant. It yeah. always resonates with you. It always, you know what I mean? And I think that that's a great thing about System of a Down for me is they check the nostalgia box, but they also check that box that's like, oh no, but this is still kind of relevant. Like you can still hear what they're saying. It's like Pink Floyd. Like you listen to Pink Floyd songs and you're just like, yeah, this was recorded in 1972, but taking away the moments that make up a dull day. You know what I mean? Like, you listen to their lyrics, and you're like, yeah, this still applies, though. You know what I mean? It still applies. So, um, yeah, this album is so fucking good, man. Yeah, and I I thought that so it would good. drop. 
but I just listen to it so much. I, yeah. Maybe out of all five, this is the one I kind of have memorized the most. Yeah, oh, like for what's sure. coming up and like what is yeah. about to happen and when the drums are gonna hit or when like it goes into a like folk, not even guitar, like whatever kind of like root type of Armenian instruments that yeah. happen on on like uh, radio video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes into that for like a yeah. minute. Um, yeah, I just and I, this was the album. This and toxicity and hypnotized were the ones I like screamed at the top of my lungs while yeah. I drove in my mom's minivan when I was 17 years old. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. I have a vivid, I have vivid memory of me and Megan. Yeah, the uh, uh, the girl I was seeing at the time and her friend Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, she had her license. Sarah had her license. We had we didn't have our licenses yet because this came out. But this came out was this two thousand four, two thousand five, five, yeah, two, early two thousand five, I think. Yeah. So, so I think you were probably not even yet sixteen. Right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I remember just like driving in the car and this just blasting. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And they 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 just played it on repeat, on repeat, and then we got to her house. And took it out of the CD player and put it in the CD player in the backyard and yeah. had a fire and just bl- and just kept listening to it on repeat over and over and over again. So it's like, yeah, this this album for me is just yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible. And then the, you know the uh, the hypnotized memorized like we said earlier, like it was just so cool to have them both on CD because like they joined together. Yeah. And I think what mesmerized was like the whole clock and then hypnotized was like the the, the broken yeah. clock it was like this whole the concept thing and that's where it's like i mean they haven't had anything since those two albums but at the very least we have those two as the send-off and i think yeah. that that's great too because it's just like i think it was i think it's like kind of like a realized like masterpiece Probably would have been if it was the seventies. It would have been released as a double double album. You know what I mean? But, yeah, and they thought about it, but because of the like fatigue and listening to the music, and it's kind of a little pummeling at times. Yeah, they wanted to give people some months to to consume yeah. what it was, and I think also just album sales wise, yeah. it just makes more sense to not do the use your illusion thing and hope right, that people right. buy two sixteen dollar albums right on the same day. Yeah, right, right, they right. They staggered it so that it was more more likely to be successful. Um, I think in comparison to Hypnotize, Mesmerize is just more balanced for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Hypnotize has more songs of pure da-da-da-da-da-da and craziness. Yeah, yeah. Where Hypnotize, I mean, Mesmerize is like just more even. and Yeah. Um, yeah, sonically those two albums are very different than the three preceding ones because there's much more uh, involvement from Darren Malakian on the production. Mm -hmm. He had been a co-producer with Serge on the two previous albums, but on these two albums, Darren did the bulk of the songwriting um, by himself where he had done it with Serge before. Serge did some of the lyrical stuff, but Darren did a lot more lead vocals on these two albums. Uh, Darren played bass on almost all of Mesmerize and Hypnotize because in the three years between Steel's album and these two albums they just felt like Shavo's playing had kind of declined and Shavo was always a guitarist who played bass and in the three years in between he he admits he's like yeah they had had to have an intervention with me about like hey man you're not gonna be on these recordings for these songs because you're just like these songs are a little bit more 
uh, intensive for the bass parts, and you just like you go home and play guitar for six hours a day. Yeah, and you yeah. pick up your bass when we practice, basically. Yeah. Um, so, and I think good bands do that. You gotta serve the music and serve the the vision of the thing. And it's not like Shaba's a bad bass player. It's just like okay, his head wasn't in the game when they were recording, and so Darren did 90 percent of the bass stuff. So yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, doing a lot more lead vocals, which is interesting because. I enjoy Serge's voice and delivery and style more, but I think that he's Darren's good counterpoint to it because Darren has the kind of shriller, more melodic voice. Yeah. More you more dependable. You can kind of like gauge where it's gonna go. Where Serge is like kind of like sometimes has these outbursts. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can't really <laughs> judge. <laughs> um, but it was just a great dynamic and like him being one of the him taking more production and songwriting and and more helm of the band i think was a good thing because it yielded these two albums that are just very um just very fleshed out and just very layered and like sonically pleasing they have all these little goodies in it but i also think that the whole process kind of like broke up the band because they've admitted like surge just wasn't that much into making music anymore and darren would have cranked out an album like every other year for the next 15 years yeah and Serge wasn't really into being like a metal frontman. He kind of wanted to like go off and do his own political activist thing. And he wanted to like release music on his own terms and not necessarily be part of a machine of a band. And, yeah. and I think there's some money stuff about he got credit for songwriting and blah, 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 blah. But at the time I was like a hater. I was like a 17 year old hater. I'm like, Oh, there needs to be more Serge on these albums. What the fuck? Darren's not a singer. Yeah. Like, right, right, like, right. What the Oh, Serge is, you know, he's not even on this song. Oh, or are you like, oh, he only sings harmonies on the chorus. What the fuck? I remember getting upset thinking, like, what are they going to do when they play this live? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. Serge going to do? He's, he's going to just gonna dance around, around for three minutes. Yeah. yeah exactly. I'm like, well, I would get so, I would get like mad, you know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. The work stands for itself. And yeah, for sure. I think it was a, like, same thing as we talked about. The first album is number five for both of us. It's just the progression and the natural progression into like becoming increasingly more melodic and like these giant songs, less of the two and a half minute sparse things and more of these like four minute, like let's fucking throw in a surf guitar thing. Let's throw in female vocals. Yeah. Yeah. This and that. Um, But yeah, on on any day there's a toss up for the middle three for me, but number two, mesmerize. Well, bringing us into the climax of this number one, with oh, wake up <laughs> uh number one for both of us obviously yeah. toxicity yeah the just an incredible album man let me tell you i was listening to this the other day and i listened to this whole album front to back mm. and it's just a fucking masterpiece this yeah. album to me is just absolutely incredible it yeah. makes me laugh it makes me want to <laughs> cry and yeah, yeah. it, it's everything it makes me want to fucking Punch the man. It makes fucking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, does it make you want to bounce? They're trying to build a prison. But I mean, it's like, it's yeah, man. Just this whole album is like, dude. The album starts with, yeah, right, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's just so just like. You know, it makes you think like there will be there will be mashing of teeth. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, ah! like it just yeah. it, it 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 like I said, man. It just made me fill with like so much rage, but also 
sadness and 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 happiness and everything it's just this album for me front to back is just the perfect example like i said earlier in the in this episode that is this is like their mastery in terms of like dynamics Mm -hmm. building tension giving you a good climax like every like musically sonically everything for me in this album works like especially the song like Ariel's like okay that's that's one of the songs like it's hard because with this album like obviously the the singles on this album are like their biggest singles right just as a band in a whole you know as like to obviously Toxicity and Chop Suey um but Ariel's for me is one of those that it's it's it's, it's like it starts very ominous and you have like this just this very simple kind of guitar line and it just it all works, man. And at the very end, Ariel, like it just it comes out like way up high. Yeah, like that's what I mean, though. Like because it's like it builds, 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 and there's a drop off, yeah, and yeah. then he's it's it's almost kind of like they psych you out. You think you're gonna get the climax of the song, and then you don't get it. Yeah. But then you after you it goes one more round, and then you finally fucking get the just the mad, you know, the Dude. mad. The music video for Chop Suey was on TRL alongside shit like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about the music at that time. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's it's number one for me because if someone said, what does System of Down sound like, I would hand up this album. Yeah. I'd be like, this is what they sound like. Yeah. Um, it is, it's them distilled down to their most primal, like, basic thing because there are, it's very much a metal album like hypnotize and mesmerize have much more typical melodic material but toxicity has these songs that are so deeply melodic in a strange way where you're like i would have never thought that i would have memorized like or the melody of chop suey would make sense on the radio but it just does because it's like it's just potent songwriting it's just like great great stuff or or Jet Pilot, or Deer Dance, or Forest. Like, yeah. these are songs that are just these, like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> explosions of metal mania, but they have this, this, the center core is a melodic idea. Yeah. And even the way they do the stuff, where it's like, I got, I got, I got, I Yeah. It's still, everyone knows how that goes. Yeah. And it's like, it's basically a death metal song, like yeah, death right, metal right. vocal delivery. And people yeah. like, it played on the radio. People knew how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, I think there's two, the two weakest songs on the album are Shimmy and Bounce. Yeah. Cause they're just like kind of fun, funny, party-ish, not subject matter, but like just the sound of the vibe. Okay, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and they have the keyboard stuff on both of those songs, which just kind of set it so apart from the other songs but yeah. um yeah man and i listened to this album when i was 13 years old it's this is the first metal album i ever heard yeah uh it was released a week before september 11th um literally september 4th it came out i was listening to it at, like a boy scout camping trip i think within that week yeah uh it was like the first parental advisory album I ever listened to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because um, I was raised in a house where, you know, we just didn't have that exposure to that stuff. But these are songs that just like, I don't, 
it's like the nostalgia thing, but also the present thing. Because I don't really feel like a 13-year-old when I hear them, but I can bring myself back to that that time. Like, I'm telling you, man, Forrest is so fucking crazy. Where he's like, <laughs> walk with me, my little... <laughs> And the riff, I mean, as far as riffs, as far as metal riffs, this this album is chock full. Like science is the like the gallops, the like it's just it's more melodic, but while still being metal in comparison to the first album. It's just yeah, it's just, I think it's a perfect album, I guess. I think so. Because even the weak tracks, it's kind of a respite. The weak tracks are kind of fun and like a respite from the assault. Yeah, the right, right. Um, yeah, because it gets so heavy, too. Yeah. Like content, like like right, the right. subject matter it gets so heavy on this anti-war, album. Anti-war, anti-police brutality, yeah. anti, uh, you know, it has a song called ATWA, which is an acronym that Charles Manson was his ideology about environmentalism air trees water animals um beautiful song beautiful harmonies and this was a sneak this was like a peek at what they would later do with the harmonies on every song um toxicity there's harmonies on probably half of the songs Mm. which as far as the progression of the band i think was you know it made sense as a progression i guess i wish there were more harmonies because i love what was to come but yeah like the fact that Chop Suey Man was a fucking TRL is yeah. like mind blowing. That's the music video where they're like they're live and yeah, it's like the what do they call fisheye lens? Yeah, 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 yeah. Going around them like a helicopter and yeah, and Darren's like wide eyed and like bent over like a yeah, looking all crazy. Also, this album was written in drop C tuning, which is always fun. Yeah, I think all there's. I think the mesmerized hypnotized were drop C sharp. Yeah, that's. I have to say, it's the one thing listening to all the system stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, metal bands, because because it's all eighty percent of their first two albums are the same key. It's yeah, all just, yeah, yeah. It's oh, all yeah, just the C. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah, It all comes back to that, which is fine. It's metal music. It's how it is. Um, I guess that's something I should have mentioned about why I do like Mesmerize and Hypnotize is that they did a lot more songs in different keys, in different places of the guitar neck, yeah, in different scales because they literally were singing different notes um but yeah you listen to toxicity i think the first five songs are all are just in c yeah which is fine yeah i well it all sounds so different so yeah yeah it's i i just think it's i think it's i think like all the 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 stars just aligned for this album you know and you can listen to the first two and you get wait no, this is this, this, is, the this is the second album. Yeah. Sorry, um, which is crazy because, like, if you think about it, this is the second album. This is our number one, but their first album, the one that came out right before, it, is our number five. Yeah, but to it, think, you know, to yeah. think about it, I don't know. It's 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 weird because for them, it like ju- like for me, it's like if you look at like a Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you know what I mean. It it it. Even though Zeppelin two is my number one, let's be real, it's Houses of the Holy. So yeah. like you can see this natural. There's kind of this natural progression that happens. You know what I mean? I think maybe Sa- Sabbath is the only one where their second album is like arguably their best one. Right. War Pigs, like, or Paranoid rather. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, yeah, like how the first album, System's first album, 
is very it's not flushed out it doesn't feel it no. just it just feels angry and raw and rah, like in your face but the second one is so like emotional and moving yeah. and so you know what i mean so like i don't know i think they're i think they were all they're always that band yeah and if you if you listen to them chronologically you can tell that that's a progression yeah like this it would be strange if toxicity was like their fourth album like it's very clear of like the yeah. first album is this dense assault with these lurching time things still has a lot of melodicism but it's a lot more screamed and yeah the vocals and just pounding and throttles you the second toxicity opens up more melody yeah. still has the lurching thing still has this drop stop at a dime time signature the third album steals album adds more harmonies yeah. kind of continues similar songwriting and then mesmerized hypnotize is just like way more fleshed out arrangements yeah so it's for me i think toxicity because of it's number one due to one thing and that's because out of all their albums, I think it's their best collection of songs. Right. I think the yeah, songwriting yeah, yeah. and how it's it's so left of center and so not what American music sounds like, and yet it's still so catchy and still yeah. so singable and yeah, because like not like put it this way, like like you said, it was on TRL next to like NSYNC and, yeah. and all this stuff, but it's also one of those things where. You know, like when we talk when we talk to uh, Luke, yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, like my parents weren't really into this kind of music, but they owned that CD." Like my mom, like my mom, for example, you know, I wouldn't say that she was big into Lauren Hill, but we owned the Fuji CD. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like the same way with this album. I think was everybody just had it. Yeah, everybody just had toxicity for even if. If for anything, just for Chop Suey and the song Toxicity and probably the song Aerials. But I mean, that's the thing is like this, this album, I think, turned them into a household name. Because the yeah. thing is, is that even if you're not into the music per se, the image was just so crazy <laughs> that you couldn't help yourself. You know what I mean? You were just kind of like, oh, look at these fucking guys. Like, they just look nuts. You know, there's Darren, there's... Who's his whole body's painted like he looks like the fucking Silver Surfer, you know? What I mean? And there's like you said, like Serge Duncan, like looking fucking wild with his goatee, and he's like, ah, you know. And it's like the whole thing. You're like, oh man, how can you not like this? Yeah. Like, you know. And uh, and they weren't trying yeah. to be American metal, right? I think that's why they had a great success, and why yeah. they had a lot of converts and a lot of people did. Yeah, they weren't stuff. trying to be something they, they weren't. Don't sound like anything else, right? They yeah. sound like if. They sound like if a Middle Eastern polka band played Slayer music. Yeah, right, 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 right. It doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, which Slayer being a huge influence on them too, which yeah. I, read, I was read, you know, right, right. further reading the. And I, that to me, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Because like, I don't. I mean, I'm a metal guy, yeah, and yeah. I do not like Slayer. Like people are like Slayer. I just do not. No, I, I am not a Slayer guy. I appreciate it, but I only listen to two albums, and even those, I listen to like once every two or three years. Yeah, and then you're like, no, oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm good. Um, I'm good. And funnily enough, they did. I listened to on the Broken Record podcast. Serge was talking about how the band name was originally called Victims of a Down after a poem that Darren Malakian had written. They changed it to System of a Down because victim. They don't want to have victims in the title of the band, but also System of Down would put them more alphabetically next near Slayer in the record store 
one of their musical heroes. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They said that they toured with Slayer on like their first big tour when their self-titled title came out. And that they would have like fucking pennies and shit thrown at them and batteries thrown at them. Because Slayer fans love Slayer and kind of like hate everything else. Yeah. And, they are, and yeah. I guess they, they open the show with um, what's uh, Sweet Pea, the first song off of the self-titled, where it's like, and they got through it. People are booing and throwing shit at them, and Darren's like, oh, you guys like that song? Here you go again. And they they played it again. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And then that, that boldness and that, like, no, man, we're serious about this shit. Like, you might not like us. We love Slayer trust us we're gonna like change your mind and yeah um ever group and also funny story about like him first seeing them when they played their first show at the viper room which is like 200 people packed to the gills tiny place and that there were like people walking out because they're like this is insanity this is crazy <laughs> and they're on stage like doing like armenian folk dancing all play, <laughs> like heavy metal over stuff and and rick rubin said that like he just like was laughing at like how good and absurd and over the top and just like yeah just powerful it just like grabbed you by the throat the music was um and yeah man toxicity is just every song multiply i love the like the halftime riff and multiply um we don't need to like all these atonal things which gent and shit like that wasn't around them yeah yeah so that but that's what that is don't Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 that rhythmic. Yeah, using harmonics in the riffs and stuff yeah. like that. Um, like how we mentioned earlier, some of these riffs are just like, like these almost like machine sounding guitar things. Um, but yeah, just a just a great album. Yeah, and five love them, but I do love at the end. Uh, oh, the yeah. hidden track, yeah. Arto, which... Um, Good luck. Good luck pronouncing it. <laughs> Arto. <laughs> Come on, you Cyrillian, Cyrillian alphabet. You should know. Oh, this. Jesus. <laughs> hold on. All right, hold on. You'll get it. Uh, oh, my. It's more syllables than you think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's a folk... He's an Armenian folk, like, jazz, like... Uh, what would they call it? Like a... Almost like a vaudeville type of performer. Avant-garde folk, yeah, it yeah. says here. Um, so, Arto Tunjboyajan. Tunjboyajan. That, that seems right. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool instrumental yeah. track that on the CD release was just straight up hidden after, you know, three minutes of silence or whatever on the last track. Yeah. And it's this like minute and a half little interlude with full Armenian ethnic type of percussion and strings and oh and um, i it's just a cool way to end the album. and now on streaming you don't have to wait the three minutes of silence it's just it just goes to track, it yeah know? uh and i i loved that when i yeah. heard that i was like what because yeah, yeah. again it's like it's just bringing that sort of yeah. that sort of that eastern european flavor that for me was just so exciting kind of because i think at the time there was not yeah there's just there was there was nothing quite like it. There was nothing that came that even that that came close to that. And I again since unless you seek yeah. out world music. Right, right. There's nothing in American music like no. this band. No, not at all. Not and, and that and especially not not at all in the way of 
coming into the forefront of like like the metal scene like of all bands i would say the only band that i had ever seen that came close to that was maybe the band il nino i don't know if you ever listened to them but that was that was very i think they were from mexico sort of like uh flamenco mariachi influenced metal which was a cool flavor to, to throw into the metal thing you know what i mean for sure very very cool uh, especially during the time of the kill switch engages, which is that very American, yeah. like Boston, New York, like right. hardcore metalcore sort of thing going on. But to bring these kind of like different exotic scales in was something that was really cool. But in comparison to System of a Down, not even close, man. No, like no. System of a Down is a household name. El Nino is not. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not a dig on them yeah. as much as it's just like. My mom knows who Sizzle of a Doubt is. You know what I mean? Or like, like, or like Sepultura from Brazil. Oh, right. Yeah. But Sepultura was like out of the kind of thrash scene. They, yeah. Maybe they're the sixth, seventh, eighth band mentioned out of that scene. Yeah. Whereas Sizzle of Down from 2001 to 2005, I think by all measures, was like the most successful, most popular metal band yeah. in America. Yeah, and by um, that extension, yeah. maybe worldwide, maybe they were the biggest metal band. Yeah, in two thousand three, four, five. They had, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I yeah. It's I, but yeah, I know they were. They alongside, uh, like the Beatles, maybe Elvis, DMX. They were one of those groups that released Mesmerize and Hypnotize. Both went num- debuted at number one in the same calendar year. Oh yes, which is like a big feat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I gotta say, like, because they were definitely like they were the headliners of Ozfest and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, just it just yeah, amazing. I will say though, I remember. I think it was like during Hypnotized Memorized uh, era when Serge grew his hair out and then shaved yeah, right. the beard. Well, he shaved the mustache part. And he, so just, he just had the go-to. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Like, I just remember being, like being upset by that. I don't know. I know it's, it's some. You they, know, we're, they we've went, talked about yeah, it. But. They, they went much like mesmerized, hypnotized. They went for more of looking like mid seventies Black Sabbath. Yeah, because they all started to wear kind of like dressier clothes and more like kind of those dark leather and capes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like toxicity was like, here's the look of the band, John. Wear like a tank top and jeans and play drums. Yeah. Serge, wear a big double XL white shirt at Jinko jeans. Yeah, the Jinko jeans. And fucking Airwalks or some kind yeah, of yeah. beat up skate <laughs> shoes. Uh, Shava, wear like, Shava would wear the like uh, super long Dickies shorts, like the yes. LA style. Yep, yep. With the Chuck Taylors, no shirt. Yeah, no, always, long yeah, never wore a shirt. And then D- Darren, it's like, wear, either wear no shirt and dress head to toe in gold or silver yeah or like wear like a la king's hockey jersey yeah. <laughs> and so it's like yeah I, I think the whole look started to evolve really and mesmerize hypnotize they went much more for like we are playing gigantic stadiums yeah yeah toxicity era though is much more like yeah. we're just dudes fucking rocking out we'll play some venues that are a thousand people two thousand people and yeah yeah well there you go there you have it system of a down I'm sad that Luke wasn't able to be here to weigh in because I feel like Luke would give it interesting because because you and I are totally like fanboying out. But on, we, on and around. we didn't plan this to be the same identical order, and no. I didn't think it would be. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't, thought it would have been different. Yeah, but this was 
this was kind of my order coming into it, and it's what I did settle with. That's why I think that if Luke was in fact here, we'll have to ask, next next episode. We'll have to ask him just the if he can just if he can just give us yeah, his yeah. five. We don't have to go like do a deep dive on it, but if he could just give us his five, because I think Luke, being that he came later. Yeah, he's like four years younger than us. Then he right. might, you know, because I think you and I were only a year apart. So I think we experienced the band in a very similar way. Right. Where I think, like I, like we said, like Luke, four, four-ish years later. So it would be interesting to hear what his yeah. his uh, favorite five would be. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if at the very least Toxicity was his number one. Because I yeah, kind of feel like that's surprised. everybody's. I feel like that's everybody's number one. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to be contrarian and not put it at number one, but like... I know, I wanted just, to, I was thinking, really for nothing me... Nothing else competes, songwriting, man. I'm a, I know. It's songs. The only, songs the only thing, the only reason why I may have switched them is because I feel like I have more of this, like, this sort of uh, emotional nostalgic tie to Mesmerize. Right. But that would be the only basis that I would... But that's why it's number two. But, but that's what I'm saying, yeah, that's why. So I think that, that's why it, it landed as number two. My opinion is that Toxicity is the greater album. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it is for sure my favorite one, yeah. but I, I just have more memories tied to Mesmerizing sure. Hypnotize. But again, that's why I think like, they're those, you know what I mean? They're, th- there's a reason why they're those are the top three. So our um, top five, one, Toxicity, two, Mesmerize, three, Hypnotize, four, Steal This Album, five, System of a Down. Self-titled, yeah. Check out their singles they released last year. Yeah, um, they were good. To raise money for the efforts that were happening. Yeah, yeah. The, the war that was occurring in the Artsakh region. Um, they were called Protect the Land and Genocidal Humanoids, maybe? We can double check yes. that. Yes, Protect the Land and Genocidal Humanoids. Um, and I wish they were back, man. I know. I don't they know will, if they, they will, will be. I think they will be. I think if you, I think if you give it enough time. a lot time. of bad blood. Yeah. Yeah, just from interviews that I read too, yeah. it seems like there was a little bit of a. I think that there. I think it, from what I read, it seems like they are civil with each other. Right. But it's they 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 kind of have a an understand. They're all they all have this mutual understanding that's just right. kind of like, yeah, we can't really seem to get along very well, yeah. so we just kind of do what we do, and it is what it is. And especially you're talking about a band that is expressing a very strong viewpoint. Yeah. So if you aren't all aligned and you don't have the same vision, yeah. Because I know hard. I know specifically that John and Serge have very different views on politics and who they vote for and what policies they support. Yeah. Which must suck because John and Serge are married to sisters. Are they so really brothers-in-law? Oh no way! And I, I don't think know that. I don't think they talk and stuff like that. Um, and the stuff with Darren and Serge with songwriting credit and royalties and stuff, I'm sure was a thing. Yeah. Chavo having more interest in his humanitarian stuff and his other art stuff, his he does directing and stuff like that. Um, but sorely missed. Uh, I love this band. Like I said at the at the jump, probably my favorite of the bands I actually grew up listening to. Yeah. Um, and it's timeless music. It all holds up and it all sounds as relevant today as ever. Yeah, for sure. So System of a Down, if you don't... Well, if you're listening to this, you're probably a System of a Down fan. But listen to... Uh, try not... 
Don't try to listen to all of them at once. <laughs> no, no, no. you might give up halfway through Steelers' album. Like I did. <laughs> the albums are only 38 minutes on average. Yeah. Pick one every other day kind of thing. Yeah, do an album a day. Here. For the sake of the podcast, we we yeah. overindulge. We were gluttonous yeah. with the music. But yeah. but not for nothing, day one, when, I, when we decided, all right, right. we're going to do System of a Down, day one, yeah, yeah, yeah. just... Dum. and i'm like yup <laughs> like it, yes here we are baby like i love i just i love the i love the headspace yeah. that i'm in when i listen to system of a down it's the perfect like if you're driving to work tomorrow you have enough time to listen to the first album yeah then on your way home listen to the second album right work right. your way through kind of thing yeah work your way through for sure but anyway well there you have it five fat fave fives five faves system of a down i've been mike I've been Jeff. And remember to get in the garage. We'll see you next time. Wake up! (laughs) This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.